It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs culture. All right, we are back again on a Monday. Apologize for that. Things are Tell them why. Tell them why. Tell them why. <laughs> I am going to play the sympathy card and say that school is really stressful. And I may or may not have asked Corey if we could do the uh, podcast a little later last night. And then proceeded to promptly fall asleep at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that one's on me apologize for that LOL. Mean... what's that i was just singing lol well but it does mean that we're able to talk about the preseason hockey game talk about a big announcement uh for the habs broadcasting team kind of break down some other stuff we saw against the new jersey devils so you know before we get into that though Obviously, we're gonna go through our little introductions. Corey, how was your week, man? How you been? Uh, I was doing doing really good. Uh, I had the in laws coming. They were supposed to come at the end of the week. Uh, they're not coming anymore. So our rush to clean this house up, like we had inspectors coming, uh, 
is a lot more lighter but we just did so much work already but the house looks nice so there's that it was awesome um i did have a, a pretty relaxing weekend i decided not to take any uh weekend work and i am so thankful for that because my cousin worked saturday morning uh we brought out a hundred a hundred and four hundred five kegs for alligator festival which is under the luling bridge and in two days i think they killed 40 of those kegs um and depleted I thought all you're about to say alligators well they did have fried alligator uh but no eat alligator no. Yeah, have you not had alligator? It's delicious. It's have I had alligator? I'm sorry. You got to think like I'm so used to talking to people from down here, uh, or like relatively close. I didn't know people ate gator. Yeah, dude. You don't remember swamp people? (laughs) I never watched. You don't remember those? Okay, so alligators like big hunt in this. I wouldn't say in Chalmette, but like in southern Louisiana, it's a big hunt. Uh, very popular. I think you can have you get up to ten gators in a day. I think is the cutoff day. Yeah. Um, Why would very, you need more than ten gators ever? Well, so what happens is is when you catch them. Well, I mean, when you kill them, you you sell the meat and the skin because you make uh, you know shoes or whatever, what have you, whatever you want gator skin for. Gator skin boots look sick. Um, but yeah, so gator actually tastes pretty close to chicken, and it's delicious. You eat the gator tail; it's where all the muscles are for the most part. Like that's, I think that's all uh, of the gator. Only bit of gator I've ever had um, was probably just the tail, like the muscle. Uh, I've had gator sausage. I've had it uh, in boudin. I've had it uh, most commonly like gator gator bits you know like like fried like basically like little fried nuggets those are good um gators fire dude i'm not gonna lie it's really good uh scary as shit if you don't shoot this thing right you're sending bones everywhere um unreal lovely unreal uh but yeah gators delicious so uh we we went through like we depleted all of our Michelob Ultra. So my cousin went in in the morning to check the fare and ended up having to stay like an extra three hours because they had to do a keg delivery uh, for another 35 kegs, 38 kegs, something like that. And we picked it up today and there was only of a hundred and we'll say close to 150 now, uh, 140. Sure. Um, Simple math. I think we only brought back 20 fulls yeah. of 140. So these people, people drank these gator, people, dude, these people drank their asses off. Uh sick logo too. Uh I'll never work that event. He'll never work that event, apparently. He said it to my boss, and they were just like very, oh, that's hilarious. He's like, No, I will never work this event again. I will pass it every fucking time. <laughs> but anyway, right. back back to where you know I have full circle. I'm glad I did not work this weekend. It was not worth the headache. Uh, and I watched movies. I watched Son-in-Law, which my wife hates because I say it's me and her because our family's from the country and I'm not. 
So, but yeah, I had a good weekend, bud. What a, good what a long, what a long way to say I just had a good weekend. Oh, oh good. watch the new Andor uh, Star Wars show. It's kind of cool. Spy, spy esque. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I thought episode one was a little tough, but it was. It's they dropped three at once, so that was fun. Pretty good. Not gonna lie. But yeah, Mason, I'll I'll take this bus the wrong way. So you got to get us back <laughs> on track. Yeah. So no, good to hear you had a good weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, still getting over that uh, frost flu a little bit. Um, however. The young guys, the freshmen on the hockey team played phenomenally. They certainly do not have a flu. They were out there flying tonight against the New Jersey Devils. Um, in particular, big shout out to Owen Beck, who went like 75% soft circle tonight. Playing in between Caulfield and Hoffman did not look out of place. Was far more dominant in the first and second period, mm-hmm. but uh, still played okay in the third. Oh my um, god, but that else? that pass from um from Caulfield to Beck was unreal. Oh, yeah. Beck had a couple hit two posts, had a couple really good scoring chances, played really well. Um I'd assume he's probably gonna be out there for the next game against the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday. He's probably gonna play strong. This kid probably gonna play himself into a contract here. You'd have to assume. I can't see the Habs not sending him back to the OHL. Uh, he's one. He's the draft class. Like this is the draft class in the O that they missed their first. They missed their rookie year. Mm-hmm. Owen Beck was a rookie in the OHL last year. He needs to go back and dominate. I think. Um, look, could he play in the NHL if he continues to play the way he has? Absolutely. But will that be best for his development? Maybe not. It's not like we need him on the team. We're looking to lose games here, okay? We're looking to lose games yeah. here and develop our players. Properly. Definitely let him play his games, but if he earns not, the not games, a season. Let him play them. Yeah, but he's not playing more than nine. <laughs> but send him back to the OHL, right? Um, who else? Philip Mayshar was phenomenal. Mayshar looked great. Opportunity. Um, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, phenomenal together. Obviously, there were some rookie mistakes, but. Both were displaying the attributes that had Habs fans salivating over them for the last two years. We saw Gooley and Harris, Gooley in particular, show off that smooth stride, that skating ability. Harris displayed his quickness, his agility, doing those little 360s, spinning off people, walking the blue line. Both of them were joining the rush and just really improving that transition game. They both played phenomenally. I think there obviously there were some rookie hiccups that's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. They were displaying a lot of the attributes that Habs fans are excited about and what the scouts saw in them and why they were drafted and why they've been brought up to camp and why they expect them to make the roster this year. Justin Barron also played phenomenally, had some great moments walking the blue line. He's a very calm presence, often behind the opposition's net in the offensive zone. He'll pinch, come up, cycle the puck, get back to the blue line, receive the pass off of a board battle he won, and just slow it down, find a nice seam, pass it there, set up guys. Barron played phenomenally. Um, obviously, Mike Matheson was a big part of that, I think. Mike Matheson was probably our best player that game. Despite he is so 
fucking fast. Reminds me of a young Jeff Petrie. Really does. Like he put the burners on at some point in this game. Uh, You're talking about when he drew the penalty? I don't know if it's when he drew the penalty. Um, we, I think we were already on a power play. Or I don't, I don't know if we won the power play or not. But he put it, the burners it was, on quite a bit. Yeah, like there was there was a lot of moments, but one of them, we were in our offensive zone, and one of one of the defensemen tipped it out. And he got the puck and he was taken off. And Matheson was like a good like three steps behind him and just ran, just smoked him, got up to him, stripped the puck, and kind of just threw it around the boards to, you know, in hopes that someone could grab it. But uh I was really impressed with his speed. Um, I don't know, 25 minutes. That's pretty awesome for I a first real just- look at him. What's that? I don't think it was just his speed, but his agility. The yeah. crossovers he was making, he was very good behind the net and just accelerating from behind the blue line and just absolutely using that momentum to just push himself through the neutral zone. Um, had great vision, knew when to pinch, knew when to kind of lay back, check his man. Matheson was everywhere. And what I really loved, absolutely loved to see, was – how he was looking to forcefully feed Caulfield on the power play, Mm -hmm. which is how, (coughs) sorry, which is how Caulfield scored because Mike Matheson just dished a beautiful pass one timer, by the way, horrible angle, but I think Caulfield, you know, this kid may score a few goals. Hey, may score a few goals in the national hockey league this year. Um, but yeah, Matheson doing something that we were all screaming at Petrie for do- not doing last year, right? Well, if they're if they're constantly just sending it to Cole Caulfield, which eat it to Cole Caulfield, he will score goals if you pass him the puck, he will score. So I love seeing that from Matheson. Absolutely, I still think that we're we're still a bit rudimentary on our power play, but. It's good to see Caulfield utilized correctly on the on the correct side and him being the primary target. So no, absolutely. It's all a good work in progress. And while the power play was like you said, rudimentary is a nice way of putting it. I would say poor. <clears throat> it wasn't good. It wasn't, you know, we had a goal, but other if we didn't score one, if we didn't score that goal due to Caulfield being Caulfield. We had a horrible power play that night, but I do think there was a lot to be seen that was um, positive and, you know, like a lot to be wishful and like, uh, what's the word? So optimistic for, Mm -hmm. because I don't, I do actually think our transition on the power play was improving. Our zone entries were better. They were getting in the zone. They were just messing up where people were supposed to be. And a large part of that is because I think we, the Habs have a lot more players now that are able to enter the zone. And a big one was Kirby Doc. Yeah. I saw a lot of people on Twitter tonight shitting on his performance, saying he wasn't tough in the boards, all this. He pinched. Hilarious. Some, some defenseman was trying to pinch him <laughs> along the boards uh, to enter the zone, and he he like sh- took strides harder and i mean like yeah the guy like kind of stopped him for a second but he 
he bulldozed like he trucked right through him like the kid spiraled onto the fucking onto the ice and kirby doc continued pushing forward into the zone so um what people have to understand is that <laughs> i think it's hilarious because it's the same people it's that mindset I, I just think it's so stupid they'll bitch about josh anderson playing too physically or slavkovsky only being physical and oh you only like them because they're big and then they see that kirby doc six foot four and they expect him to be you know just mm-hmm. to fit in that on the yeah. boards doc is no pushover on the boards yes he may be a little soft at times but that's not his game he uses his hands and his reach and his vision and his skating ability to make things happen. Doc is not a, you know, crash the boards, forecheck, going to cream you, just nail you. And even that he did display that he could do that, he absolutely destroyed Andreas Janssen behind the, <coughs> behind the devil's net. Mm-hmm. But his game is a finesse game. He's a skilled player. He was drafted third overall for a reason. So I don't want to see Doc sacrificing his offensive game to crush people on the boards all the time. I like I think he played phenomenally. And I think he adds, you know, and showed and displayed the type of player he is, which is a player that is great in transition, has good hands, and is going to flash skill that makes stuff happen. Like people have to understand this is none of these guys have played together before. Some of them haven't played in a long time, and they're playing in a new system. It's not going to be perfect after the first game of preseason, but I loved what I saw from Kirby Doc. And if that's what we can get out of our 2C all season, because remember, he, Doc's not going to be playing against Nico Heischer every night, right? right. He's going to be the second guy against the second center. Suzuki's going to have that matchup. Look, and I think it'll be great. And the chemistry I saw between him and Pitlick was, it was encouraging. They looked good together. Rem Pitlick looked, honestly, he was one of my, uh, highlight players of the night. Um, I feel like it was just another another day for him. There was no no cobwebs really. He was fast. Um, great great opportunities. Great transitioning. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I'm trying to remember shit off the top of my head. Um, but no, I I remember. Um. Uh, 32 would pop up on the screen and be like, wow, this kid's fucking flying or, you know, like great, great fucking play. And then I'm, I'm like, I go to think that it's not Rem Pitlick. And I, uh, there was like twice. I fucking checked my phone just to see who it was. Cause I was, I was like, okay, maybe we got like a 35 or something out there. And no, it's just Rem Pitlick just smoothly, you know, Rem Pitlick may be one of the under <coughs> most underrated additions to this team because you know, it looked like for a while we weren't going to sign him, and I was really upset. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been forgotten in all the hype because we do have so many young wingers and forwards. But people forget Pitlick can play anywhere, left wing, right wing, center. And <coughs> he was our first – he was our first guy that was brought over by the new management too. We picked him up off waivers. Yeah. This guy had – what was it, like – 37 points last year in 66 games, something like that. 
last year, he had 37 points in 66 games, 15 goals, go. 22 assists. Yeah, it was phenomenal. As a rookie, now he's an older rookie. He is 25, but he's he's not like he's 5'11, 196 pounds, fast, has mm-hmm. great hands. He almost scored off of um a rush chance. It's just out of nowhere that he created by moving his feet fast. <coughs> Sorry, and skating hard. Get this guy fucking water. Ah, uh, the beer's not helping. I can't lie. Um, Sleeman. Yeah, and you know, provides not only just power play, penalty kill, can play up and down your lineup. This is a player, and at the only only the age of twenty five, this is a player that I think the Habs need to keep. He's gonna, you know, especially in a year like the next couple of years, we're gonna have players going up and down the lineup. Young guys trying to find where they need to play. Pitlick's play is not gonna be hurt if he's taken off the second line or the third line, or gets put on the fourth, he will play anywhere, mm-hmm. and it's not going to affect him. So I think this is a great, you know, it's great to see that he still, you know, looks to pick up where he left off last year. Right. And I'm happy, really, really happy that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon chose to re-sign this guy. One guy that I wanted to point out, they said his name a whole fucking bunch. Uh, I, I feel like he played a, a pretty decent game. Uh, Anthony Richard. Um, yeah, where did this guy come from? Well, he came from fucking Tree Rivers. <laughs> ECHL and Laval. Drafted in the fourth round, I think, in like 20... 2016, something like that. It is 2015 Nashville uh, pick, fourth round, ninth pick overall. So the 100th, 100th overall kid, um, he's been honestly in the AHL ever since. He's only got two games uh, one a year for Nashville, um, which I think was 18 and is he, he, I think it was 18, 19 and 19, 20. Um, really good numbers in the A, but you know what? His name was said a lot. He had a lot of great chances. He didn't, I don't think he recorded a shot on goal, but boy, was he sending them to the, towards the net. Like there were so many, fast. He's fast, so many it. takeaways. Like he, I think it was him and like a couple like the like they, they put like all the, the rookies together. Him and Raphael Pinard and Philip Mayshar were on the line and they were tenacious. they yeah, like there were so many chances where it sh- it should have left our offensive zone or it did, and like we immediately disrupted momentum and brought it back in. They were just unreal. And a- Anthony Richard, honestly, he should have got at least an assist. Like the effort that he was putting. Uh, was unreal. Like he understood his assignment, you know, make an impact. And he, he, he honestly did. We might not have won, but for 12 minutes uh, and two minutes of that being shorthanded, uh, he was really noticeable. No, absolutely. I think he played phenomenally. I think he's really shown up in camp. Um, I don't see a roster spot for him on the Habs, but I think he'll do well in Laval. And, you know, if he can continue to grow, um, grow this game then maybe mm-hmm. yeah a call could be in his future definitely great to have guys like that though right like he's gonna oh, absolutely he's gonna push guys in the minors he's gonna be good he's gonna provide an option as a line mate teammate and it's nice to see those guys the scrappy guys kind of get get a prolonged stake prolonged look in 
training mm-hmm. camp because you know they worked they worked really hard for it. Um, the guy I want to mention though, a lot of guys played great tonight, even though we lost. Um, Lindy Ruff, by the way, is an absolute meathead for calling a fucking offside review in a preseason game with like four minutes left. Look, I wanted three on three overtime. <laughs> this bald son of a bitch. Who's hey man, up by I don't appreciate that. Calling a fucking what's that? I don't appreciate that. You're bald by choice. No, no, I'm I I am a 30 year old thinning male, um, who Listen, chooses not to look like absolute shit. Lind- Lindy's holding on. <laughs> Lindy's holding on to absolutely fucking nothing. I wish I had. I wish I had the balls to keep the sides on like uh like kevin on the office like i really wish i had uh the nuts to do that no you don't i that's, don't because i'm so afraid of how hideous it would look <laughs> well anyway sorry i want to speak about uh jan mishak who i actually think looked really 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 good mm-hmm. like i think mishak has been often forgotten this is a guy who I speak about a lot and I know he always say he's been forgotten. So people that listen to this podcast probably think, Oh my God, you guys don't shut the fuck up about Yami Shack. Look, but he's just so fucking good. He's six foot tall. Now he's grown only two years ago. We drafted him. He was supposed to go in the first round. Absolutely. Owned the AHL last year, 34 goals over a point per game. Going to play with Laval. And he's just was everywhere tonight. Played well, dominant at the World Juniors, eight points in seven games. Can play anywhere. Another one of those guys, which is very helpful in this system. And what I think gives Jan Mishak kind of an edge over some other guys, because you know, we have a lot of wingers mm-hmm. and we have a lot of centers. So if you can play anywhere and you're able to insert yourself in the lineup on any one of those three forward positions, you're gonna, it's it's very beneficial, especially for a team with many, you know, I don't want to say elite forward prospects, but you know, they're credible. They've got they're they have a chance of making the NHL. They're legit prospects. And I think just want to give Jan Mishak a shout out there too. But I think there is a guy uh drafted pretty highly that we should probably talk about here because we've kind of been avoiding it. Uh-huh. But first and foremost, um, I think we have a message from our friends at DraftKings. We sure do. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you can add, you for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to a hundred percent with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day. Jesus, all season long. Um just don't be like our newest employee who at the last minute the other day dropped about $50 on Tampa Bay uh, winning the game, and uh, they didn't get the two-point conversion. So suck it. 
Uh, but anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Mason, we got your favorite ad read coming up next, though, bud. We got to do both. Um, I love this one. So we're back with our Raycon ad read. So lately, I personally have been listening to a lot of, and let me pull up my Spotify. Uh, man, I've been back in the gym. So that means I've been listening to a lot of Trapped Under Ice. I love this fucking group. Um, I guess it's just because I love the Ravens. Psych. No, this band's better than the Ravens. But Trapped Under Ice out of Baltimore. 2011 album, Big Kiss Goodnight, is still unfucking real It's at 33 minutes long. Everyone knows, pleased to meet you, but born to die, jail, victimized, fucking true love, disconnect, um, unreal fucking songs. The whole album um, is perfect for the gym. It's not too, not too crazy, just enough to get the fucking blood pumping. Makes me run at the gym. Uh, Mason, what type of country we listening to today, buddy? Uh, I've been listening to... A lot of different music lately, actually. But of course, you know, I am usually on my country grind, and I've been listening to a lot of uh, Coulter Wall, as like I said last week, but also um, Warren Ziders. And uh, yeah, they sound it sounds fucking awesome on my Raycon, so I enjoy anyway that. <laughs> studying, uh, loving it. So thank you Raycon, thank you DraftKings, and. Uh, we're not Let's done. I don't know why you keep trying to do this. It's been great, though. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon's wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me, I gotta, I'm got i going to use them tomorrow when I put kegs in the Superdome, but... Uh, Raycons give you eight hours of playtime. That's massive. And 32 hour battery life when, you know, you're not just completely listening to the same album like I do all day. Uh, Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five star reviews. Uh, My favorite things about them, obviously, I say it every fucking time noise isolation. I don't want to hear my fucking boss griping about just dumb bullshit i am being i have initiative and i am utilizing my time appropriately uh but the earbud tap function i hate pulling my fucking phone out of my pocket i'm afraid to i'm afraid to drop it or mess it up or my hands are dirty and i don't want to touch my phone it is nice to be able to just pop my earphone and at work uh anyway Fucking go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com code THPN15. Mason. I'm sorry. I will get that ad read down eventually. It's still kind of new to me. So I forget, but yes, thank you, Raycon. Thank you, DraftKings. You're doing a great Um, job. What's that? I said you're doing a great job. Thank you, buddy. Now, let's talk about Slaff. Um, Where do you want to, you know, let me get your initial thoughts. I I know there was a lot of hate 
for his game on uh, Twitter. But, Corey, what what'd you see, buddy? I thought he played a very good game. Um, I don't think he was the most noticeable, but he was very effective. Uh, he had a great takeaway, two pretty strong hits. They gave him ample time. I mean, he got 17 minutes total. Uh, they gave him four minutes on the power play. Could he have been noticed more? Could he have done more? Sure. But, I mean, I think he – I think he played pretty well. I thought the first period he was a little um a little tight. I felt period 2 he had loosened up a good bit. I thought it was a decent game. I mean, it's preseason. It's his first NHL game. There's going to be a bit of jitters. I'd rather him get him out in the preseason. No, absolutely. I think um Look, I don't think he played a horrible game because there were flashes of puck carrying ability. Great net front uh, presence. I hate that, though. I can't lie. Get like parking him. Out yeah. of the, no, he's our first overall. No, no, no. I'm saying like because he's parking it in front of the, a fucking like yeah. a pick in front of the goalie. OK, I want to see him on the puck. When we when he did get on the puck, he had a nice shot. He made some nice passes. Do not Zidane Chara him and have him <laughs> sit in front of the fucking goalie. Okay, I no. Okay, if that if try him elsewhere first. Let's mm. not immediately put him there. Okay. Yeah. Is <clears throat> you can't you just can't you can't have your first overall pick doing that. I know there are some guys, very few who have made a career out of standing in front of the net like that. But there, like so few, I can't name a high profile star player that sits in front of the net, like maybe Landis Cog. Okay. But even then you'll see him leave, get, get on the boards, etc. If you want to put him in the bumper, maybe. Okay. But I just, I, I, I hated that. I did not like that at all. He didn't get enough touches on the puck and, I think Slavkovsky's biggest issue, in my humble opinion, has been his inability to get the puck. He needs – and because when he gets it, he's lost it a bunch. I get that. He's made some decisions that I don't agree with. He's a dominant player. So we saw the world. So we saw the Olympics. So we saw in the rookie tournament. Slav did best when he had the puck on his stick. Because, you know, as much as we've heard about the goal-scoring ability, whatever, he's a facilitator. And he creates a lot of his own chances based on the fact and chances for others based on the fact that he is such a big, fast presence that he draws defenders towards him. He's not drawing anyone towards him when he doesn't have the puck. So that was my big issue. And I'm not saying most of the blame doesn't go to Slav. He didn't play great. He played okay. He played average. I don't think he played as good as some people think. I don't think he plays bad as some people think. There was absolutely zero flash. But at the end of the day, it's the first game of preseason. I don't, I'm not that worried. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Would it have been nice if he came out and scored a hat trick? Absolutely. It didn't happen. Who cares? Okay. Let's let's move on. There's plenty of time to see what happens. And if he ends up in Laval, I think that might be best for his development. We'll see. So I don't know. I think it was I was disappointed with Slavkovsky's game. But do I think it's the end of days? Absolutely not. No, that's fair. Um, I'm 
just because I said I he had a lot of net front presence. Uh, like you said, though, I don't I don't want to see him just just throwing the big guy in front. Um, I think he brings a little bit more than just that, but I just felt like uh, he had a pretty overall pretty decent game as far as like he was everywhere. Like he did a bit of net front, he, you know, a bit of cycling. He he was kind of everywhere, and I I feel like he literally used his game to try a lot of different things. So I'm not upset with him. I was a little I was a little concerned in his uh, in his interview after the first period. He was a little gas, and I was like, "This that I've seen what this kid can do on a bike. He shouldn't be uh, he shouldn't be this gassed." Uh, but no, I, I actually thought, I thought he played. I pretty liked good game. his hustle though. Yeah, no, no, no. He was quick. He like, was he was great on the back check. I think that might have been the best aspect of his game tonight. Mm-hmm. No. Like he was consistently back there to break up plays and you know help yeah, the D. pressure it. I just think I I mean we said this a little bit before before we started. I think there's a lot of people that are still not settled in to accepting that he's on this team and they're just every small thing that he does is gonna be that much more critiqued. And I mean, fuck dude. Have's Twitter's been disgusting uh since last season it's so. a cesspool of toxic negative opinions yeah um but something something you know maybe sad but a little brighter a little lighthearted because it was someone that brought a lot of positivity a lot of shine to the Habs community i uh, will wrap things up here just by saying uh listen um i grew up watching Habs hockey with John Liu on TSN2. Had a beautiful ring to it. And John Liu had a beautiful perspective and a beautiful way of speaking to the players and telling a story. He was a great journalist. He was a great interviewer. And he is beloved, rightfully so, by myself and many other Habs fans. Uh, for I think it was for 15 years, so I'm 20. So since I was five years old, I watched John Liu uh, present the Habs and do a phenomenal job um, becoming iconic in this city among fans and players. Unfortunately, we learned today, John Liu, as well as Dan Robertson, will both be headed off Winnipeg to uh, join coverage there. Um, look. This is a huge blow. Uh, not only first we learned about Dan Robertson, that's awful, but John Liu too, in particular. I just want to say thank you, uh, John. You've inspired a generation of Habs fans, um, not only just in your journalism, but you know, for your positivity. You know, we saw you go through some rough times with your sister. You stayed positive. COVID really hit your family, and you know, through it all. You know, we could turn on the TV Saturday night. John Liu was there to tell us a story, to ask the players questions and do a great job at it. So uh, just thank you for 15 years of hard work and commitment. And uh, from Habs Nightly to you, we appreciate all you've done and wish you the best in uh, Manitoba. That hurts my heart. Um, I was at the gym and I looked up at one of the televisions and um John Lou was on it and I was so confused, but yet so like, I guess, cause I just, you know, he was on 
he was basically on my television a lot um when i was in college and shit like that and i just looked up i was like oh it's john lou and then you know like a couple of seconds later like it hit me like why the fuck is john lou on in a saint bernard parish television and it just they had espn2 on and he was covering um what do you call it? The Montreal, uh, whatever, whatever the CFL team name is. I'm sorry, I forgot it. I know it's something. Montreal there. Alouettes. Alouettes. Uh, and I was like, oh look, John Lou's, uh, John Lou's on. And I did a double take, and I was like, why, why is, why is he on my television? I'm not at home, you know. Like that's that's a face I know in like, in my house, you know, not just in a gym in Chalmette. Um, and I was just so happy. It's like, wow, man, this dude's honestly everywhere. Um, and then I hear that shit and it's so, it's so heartbreaking to me because John Lou, um, when I started working in the bars, you know, he was, I'm not going to say, you know, the face of it, but he was who I was getting all of, you know, like if I wanted to catch up with the team, it was John Lou telling me, you know, uh, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be tough without him. He was, uh, definitely a fan favorite. I loved him. I thought he was, he was a great he was a great fit for this team and uh, nothing but best wishes moving forward. I just hate to see him go. Absolutely. So we thank you, John Lou, for all you've done. And uh, we want to thank you guys for coming by listening to us talk. We appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate your uh, patience with, with the delays, obviously. Um, Corey, unless you have anything else to add, I think that'll be it for today. I have one more thing. Sorry. Uh, I didn't get on Twitter to talk about it. Uh, cause it really, it really hurt me. Uh, have a great retirement, Parnell Carl Subban. Honestly, oh yes, he like revitalized my love for the Montreal Canadiens. Same thing with like John Liu, as he was like one of the first people I met. Um, when I started getting back into it and like seeing games after you know my time away from hockey due to like hurricane Katrina, we didn't have shit like that. But like, once I started working in the bars again, like my love of hockey, just like re blossomed and PK Subban is two years older than me. I know some people like that's weird. Why would you look up to him? But I mean, fuck dude, like I, I was so hyped that they were getting him and you know, he was one of, he was the first Jersey I bought uh, with my own money, you know, as, as an adult, um, just PK Subban means a lot to me. You know, I met Dave and Heather who were like my fucking Canadian parents that live in New Orleans. Uh, and the only reason I know them is because I, you know, playing, playing against Boston, I'm wearing my PK Subban Jersey and fucking Dave's like, are you kidding me? And I thought he was going to make fun of me. And he was like, dude, I'm like the biggest Montreal Canadians fan. I'm from Toronto. Like, just so much has stemmed from that. And, you know, to have him, you know, leave our team, he gets traded. I mean, this dude was a Norris. He won the Norris at 23. Um, unreal playoff presence, just unreal person. You know, like the things he does outside of the game is just unreal. But, you know, to lose him in Montreal, devastating. I got I got my fucking tattoo above my knee. And I always say that the fucking the, – the jersey on my cat, my, you know, my late cat – uh, is a, it's a fucking Subban jersey. He moves to Nashville, and it hurts so fucking bad. But I was like, you know what? I I, I have so many roots in uh, in Tennessee from having the cabin there for so long. This is a I I can't wait to just love Nashville that much more. Uh, exciting guy. Um, and I just hope that 
he has he really enjoys his retirement. I'm sure he's gonna be on one network. It would be awesome if they put him on uh TNT with the rest of the you know the all-star fucking cast they have, but I'm sure he's gonna go to like NHL. I think that's where he does most of his shit or TSN. I'm not sure, but uh I'm sure some type of uh personality is coming in the future for him. So best wishes. I miss the fuck out of PK Superman. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, all the best in retirement. We thank you guys for stopping by listening to Habs Nightly this week. We will be back again next week to talk more hockey. We'll have a bunch of preseason games we'll get to analyze. <coughs> As always, sorry for that. I am hoping I'm done with this fucking flu by then. Uh, this guy, uh, what, what, what is that? A sucret? Isn't that what you like to use? Get this oh, guy a sucret. Yes, sucret. <laughs> As always, you can find us at Habs Nightly on Twitter and at the Bayou Betters on Twitter. So always give us a follow. You'll, you'll get updates and get the live tweets on the games. You know, we're always saying some stupid shit on Twitter. If you can't get enough of us on here, so we appreciate all the support. Once again, thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. If you have anything to say to us, I finally did it. We have a email for y'all to send. I know it's tough to just say, follow us on Twitter. We have an email, you guys. It's Habs. You know how to spell Habs. The word nightly. Habs nightly pod pod at gmail.com. Send us shit. I feel like we'll get much more stuff than just hoping that a bunch of uh, people decide to download the Twitterverse and get looped into that madness. But we have a fucking Gmail now. So send us stuff there and we'll answer questions or bring it up on the pod. Thank y'all so much. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.